Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. We love Grace. We went there last night, you know, last weekend because we have an evening service now. We can never go there much again, you know, so we, we, we go all around just to bless people, see what they're doing, you know, I think tonight we go somewhere else, and we're just going just, to just see what they're doing in the city, and it's the unity, it's just wonderful, I love the church, only one church in the city, with many different congregations, many fellowships, and we're one of them, and if this is your gig, then stay, if it's not your gig, go somewhere else, wherever you're happy, go there, where you can be fed, where you can be inspired, where you can grow, that's where you go, right, yeah. amen, okay, so, I uh, just start with something funny. I heard about this pastor. He was asked to inform one of his members that he had just inherited $10 million. They were concerned uh, about the shock this would be for this guy, and it would give him a heart attack. So the pastor said to the man, he said, what would you do if you inherited $10 million? The man says, pastor, the first thing I would do is to give half of it to the church. At that point, the pastor fell over dead. <laughs> Now, the last line, I don't prophesy. For the rest, it's, I'm happy. Yeah. If you guys, somebody, $10 million, five here, then it's good. I will not drop that. I will be very happy. And my heart will be very, very happy. So please go ahead and inherit $10 million. It's awesome. So last week, we saw that God's got a vision for us, for us to be trees that flourish, that flourish, that are rooted in Him, and that bear fruit. In time, in season. Psalm 92, it says in the Passion Translation, Yes, look at how you've made all your lovers to flourish like palm trees, each one growing in victory, standing with strength. Don't you want to be like that? Growing with victory, standing with strength. You've transplanted them into your heavenly courtyard where they are thriving before you. Isn't that wonderful? We've been transplanted into God's heavenly courtyard. We've been transplanted from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his glorious light. We've been planted into the garden, the soil of the Holy Spirit in his kingdom. Isn't it amazing? I love it that we're planted in this way where we come alive, where we flourish, where we grow, where we bear fruit. It's just beautiful. Psalm 1 verse 3, also in the Passion. They'll be standing firm like a flourishing tree. This is, in, this is right now in Psalm 1, uh, in the first couple of verses, it talks about those who follow God's ways. They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted in brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of their lives. They are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, and ever prosperous. Isn't that wonderful? A tree that is bearing fruit prospering, doing what it's meant to be doing. God wants us to grow in him so we can bear fruit in our lives. We are called to be a people whose roots are in heaven and whose branches are extend into the earth. It's an upside down tree. The vision was given last year by, by Jay. I think it's a powerful vision for the church, really for a Christian. It's this beautiful upside down tree. Our roots are in heaven. We are seated in heavenly places. We are rooted in God. We are, we are rooted in the Holy Spirit in our lives. And from that place of heaven, we bring heaven to earth. And our branches, and our leaves, they are for the healing of the nations. Our lives are demonstrations of his grace and his gospel and his goodness. And so we extend. Isn't that wonderful? 
I told the branch out team, I said, why don't you take this logo, become your logo, because they're branching out into the city, you know, meeting the homeless and doing all this stuff. So why don't you have this logo? We are branching out. We are, we are receiving our sustenance from heaven, provision, protection. Everything comes from God. And then we bring it into the earth and have this fruitful lives. Amen? So I'm just doing a little review for those who were last week, last week not here. We're not listening. I need to hear it again. Some of us do. You know, God's desire for us is to have a revelation of what it means to live in the kingdom of God, to be rooted in Him, to be planted in Him. What does it mean to live in the kingdom? What does it mean to have Jesus as King of our lives, as Lord of our lives? What does it mean to be like this, to live under His authority? What does it mean to live this, this beautiful spirit life? I believe this is a prophetic word for us even now, right now. What does it mean for us? To be that way. It says Isaiah 61.3. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord. For the display of his splendor. What a great vision God has for you. That we would display his splendor. Why don't you say to your neighbor. Display his splendor please. Display his splendor please. You know what splendor means? I looked it up in the, um, in the, in the, in the water book. Dictionary. Dictionary. Sorry sometimes I go back to Dutch. Amen. Amen. I mean from the South Africans and for the Dutch because they can understand me. Ik kan natuurlijk gewoon Nederlands gaan praten en dan kun je het allemaal verstaan. Maar I better not do this. God wants to display this. So to radiate his splendor. Look at this. Splendor, he says magnificent. Splendor means magnificence, grandeur, spectacle, majesty, richness. Come on, radius his richness, his nobility, pomp, opulence, gorgeousness, glory. Isn't it wonderful? Hey, we are displaying, we are, we are radiating his gorgeousness. You don't think of that often, do you? God is gorgeous. He's beautiful. We display his gorgeous. What a wonderful thing. And we see to be oaks of righteousness is at the end of Isaiah 61. Now at the end of Isaiah 60, it's all last week, you can listen to it last week. We are little shoots that God plants. And in the middle, in between that time and the time when we are oaks of righteousness, in between time, what happens? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we see this whole thing of Isaiah, we see the Spirit of the Lord come. And instead of despair, you know, you give uh, promise and hope and, 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 and sadness, you get glad. And the, the, the Spirit starts to help and starts to change people's lives. And it's this beautiful exchange, which is the mission of Jesus, he says in Luke 4. He's anointed me, but of course it's our mission too. God has anointed me and blessed me to do this, to bind up the brokenhearted. All the stuff that has been given to us, it's wonderful. And you know what happens when we become oaks of righteousness? We actually become testimonies of His goodness in our lives. We become testimonies of His grace. We become testimonies of His love. We become testimonies of His faithfulness. Everything that God has done in our lives, freedom. We become testimonies in our lives as we live our lives and affect the surroundings around, them, around us. Isn't that cool? Again, you can be, you don't have to be Baptist here. I'm not a Baptist church. I used to be in a Baptist church and nothing about Baptist church is wrong because we've got a lady here who's a pastor of Baptist church in Auckland and they're not, they're, they're not Baptist. I mean, I'll tell you something. The Baptist, the pre Presbyterian? <laughs> Margaret is a Presbyterian? <laughs> Baptist. I'm not, I'm right. It's Epsom Baptist Church. Margaret is the leader with the husband of Epsom Baptist Church. Come on, let's honor Epsom Baptist Church. You know, I tell you, I tell, I tell you though, you know, the thing is though, in the Baptist churches, just that so you know, and Margaret knows this, amazing things are happening. Sadly, one of the great leaders just passed, Morris, he was an amazing, amazing man of God. You know, they go to Hemna every year and they have Holy Spirit weekends. There's nothing Baptist about this thing in the sense of 
Baptist. You know what I mean? I mean, they are open to the Holy Spirit, things happening. I mean, it's a bit like Amer in, in, in America, isn't it? You got the Southern Baptist, quite, quite not controversial, also controversial, but quite conservative. And then you got the free. So many Baptists are very free. Anyway, what I'm trying to say, because I'm basically digging myself a, 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 a bit of a thing, and I'm trying to dig out of it very quickly. <laughs> anyway, can we cut this out of the tape, please? Let's <laughs> leave it for now. So we flourish, we flourish when we are rooted in Him. Last week we saw to be rooted in His, love. was anybody here? Love. love, and He was rooted in His love. And we see this wonderful prayer in Ephesians, and I'm just going to go straight away to uh, verse 14. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. To know that love which surpasses all knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Even Paul talked about this now. To be filled with the fullness of, fullness of, measure, of all the measure of God. It is relating to the love of God. And the more we know the love of God in our lives, the fullness of the love of God, the more we start to be empowered in our lives. It's just amazing to be rooted in the love of God. God loves you. God loves us. It's the most profound thing of the Bible. God actually loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him will not perish but have eternal life. You try that as fast. Can you do this fast? <laughs> Let's try it. No. <laughs> My wife is directing me. You know, it's like a director, choir director. Says, Gideon, here we go. And no. Yes, no, so it's really good. I love my wife. Anyway, it's very important to be rooted in God's love. And God has given his love by two things. One, he's demonstrated his love, and he has imparted his love. And they're both very important. He demonstrated in Romans 5, 8, it talks that God, Jesus demonstrated his love, that while we're yet sinners, he died for us and gave his life to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved us by demonstration. We can go back 2,000 years ago. We always sing about it. Jesus did something amazing. He gave his life, was resurrected. It's all there, and we can look back even if you have a bad day, we can look bad. It happened. It happened. Whether you like it or not, it happened. But also what happened is that all by impartation that God, is Romans 5, 5, that God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit of love. God is love. Spirit is love. Son is love. Father is love. Spirit is love. God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Patience, pay, uh, joy, joy, whatever. Those kind of things. It's all good. I don't know everything, you know. Okay, so it's very important that we are filled with His love. Number one is love. Number one is being loved. Number one is knowing that you are loved. When you say to your neighbor, you are loved. And even more importantly, why don't you look at yourself, put your hand on your heart, and you say, I am loved. I am deeply loved. Deeply, deeply loved. Okay, now we go to the next thing. We go to Colossians 2. Let's stand together. I want to do this together. Short scripture. We read it together, nice and loud. Just follow the, that thing behind me. Okay, let's go. Colossians 2. So then. No, you don't follow me. We do it together. There we go, one, two, three. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, 
rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. May the Lord bless his word in Jesus' name. May be seated. Rooted and built up in Christ. Rooted and built up, as we can see, in Jesus as Lord. Did you know that Jesus is Lord? Jesus is Lord. Let's all say it together. Jesus is Lord. As you received Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. Sometimes when things happen in our lives, sometimes when trials come into our lives, it is very important that we know that God loves us. Very important that God loves us. A bit like when a, when a car races very quickly into a tree and the tree doesn't fall over, a storm comes into your life, but you don't go over because you keep standing because your roots are very deep in the love of God. You know, one of those things I'm thinking, we all have it, is people pain. I tell you, you don't want this job, believe me. I love my job. But the hardest one is the people pain. People can be cruel. Not so many here. But people can be cruel. And it's really hard, and sometimes not even intentional. People pain is some of the hardest pain you will ever have, whether it's in your work, whether it's in your family, your relationship, in your kids, whatever it is, people pain. And so we need to be rooted in the love of God that when these things happen in our lives that we can say, Lord, I find this really, really hard, but I know that you are really, really good and that you're really, really lovely. And when you're in his love, you'll be able to withstand some of those trials that come your way, right? It's powerful. Now, other times... We need to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. When the, when the temptations come our way, when the things of life come our way, and say, man, this is really hard for me. Maybe it's a lust thing or, or a, a greedy thing or whatever it is in your life. Something, some thoughts come to your life. Then you have to know that Jesus is Lord. Lord, I want to, I take captive these thoughts and make them obedient to you. I make obedient to Christ. Obedient to righteousness. And for that to know, you have to know what it means that Jesus Christ is Lord in your life. There's a story in Matthew 7 that, that two guys are building a house. And one guy builds it on the sand. And some of you know the story. And, and, and one guy builds it on the rock. And the thing is, though, the, the, the storms of life come. And the one who builds the house on the sand just, just goes. It just breaks down. It's gone. But the one who builds himself on Christ, the solid rock, I stand... It's amazing what happens. He stands, his house stands. And Jesus says about this, when he hears my words, he puts them into practice. In other words, he says, Jesus is Lord and what he says goes. He actually knows more than I do. He knows things better than I do and I submit to him. I want to be rooted in the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and he knows best for me. Amen? Even sometimes when we don't understand. Even sometimes when his instructions, we struggle with, Lord, what are you saying? I don't understand this. Or I understand this thing in my life. Even though we don't understand, there's still this beautiful attitude. Lord, I submit to you. Because I know that you know best being rooted in his lordship. <clears throat> you know, the fact that he loves us will never change. The, the thing that happened that Jesus loves the world, that God loves the world, will never change. God so loved the world that he gave his son, will never change. Whether people believe it, whether they don't believe it, whatever they do with it, it will never change. 
The fact that Jesus Christ is Lord will also never change. He is Lord whether you believe it or not, whether you receive it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you live like this at all. He is Lord. <clears throat> but you know the amazing thing that I, I see that sometimes we can go through life and basically we can experience neither. I know believers and they don't experience neither of these things. The love of God. Some of us have never really received and experienced the love of God. The fiery, passionate, lavish, extreme love of God. How do I know? Because I know what happened to me. And I've, seen, I've seen glimpses of this. It has wrecked me. It has changed my life. And I know it will change your life when you are just at the encounter of such a love. It will wreck you for the rest of your life. One encounter will set you up. And so I pray that you would have an encounter with God that is so profound, so deep. This love that he talks about, wide, how deep, that you'll be, you know, all the measure of the fullness of God. That love, that you would receive this and experience this in your life. But you know, some people also have, <clears throat> have never experienced Jesus as Lord. And I see it in their lives, the choices they made. Jesus is not Lord of your life. You are Lord of your life. I can see it. I, I mean, I, I'm in this job long enough now that I can see and look at my own life. I know when things say, hey, this is not really, you know. You know the stuff happening like this, you know. It's amazing because when we come to Christ, we say, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. Amen? Amen? We do this. But the thing is, though, the Savior part is kind of relatively easy, right? Because the Savior part is, Lord, He saves me. Salvation means sozo and means like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm saved, healed, and delivered. So God, He, 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 he saves you. He loves you. You may have a profound uh, thing with God. and it is, It's amazing. And then He heals you. and You get rid of the addictions and things happen. And then He delivers you of some demons or whatever goes on, right, in your life. And you, you go like this and it's amazing. But sometimes we never go to the, to the lordship part of our Christianity, right? We have this wonderful loving father, loving Jesus, loving friend, but we never get to experience the amazing ride, the amazing gig of what it means to live in and under the lordship of Christ. And we miss out. We miss out. Because it's amazing that when we come under his lordship, that actually brings freedom. It actually brings empowerment. It brings all the things that we so want in our lives. It's just amazing. You know, lordship brings alignment in our lives. It brings divine order in our lives. It's a bit like kids, you know. The thing is, though, when you see kids rioting, you can often, I mean, I don't know if we have done a great job, but our kids, I, I, I don't know, get some heavy? Um, I don't know. But the thing is, though, you, you, don't give, you don't give the kids all the freedom in the world. Hey, kids, this is what it means to have freedom. Just do anything you like. They become nasty, selfish little red bags who have no chaos. What about if we do this in, in the world? There's no rules, no regulation, no nothing in the city. Everybody just go by themselves. I mean, come on. There'd be so many accidents in, in the roads just by here in the Morehouse Air. It'd be terrible. 
There's some rules and regulations. There's principles in, in the kingdom. There's principles in the world that we protect ourselves. Because now when it's a green light, yay, I can drive my beautiful car through this green light knowing that nobody's going to come from the other side. And there's freedom in this thing. There's freedom in the lordship of Christ. There's freedom that we experience when we see him in this way. And there's an incredible partnership that comes. Partnership with the Holy Spirit. When we walk in his love and in his life all the time, where we are guided and led by the Holy Spirit. Led by the Holy Spirit. It's so beautiful. Come under his authority as our king and we will experience the divine order in our lives. I reckon that coming under the authority of Christ is the most powerful thing that you can ever do. I said it. And you're very excited about it. I see because there, maybe, everybody's, maybe everybody's thinking about it. It's the most powerful thing you can ever do. And the reason why is because he's the powerful one. And when you come into this power, you actually start to experience his power. And then his power starts working through you. And it's amazing what starts happening in and through your life. And you know, Jesus experienced this every day. Every day he experienced this amazing relationship with the Father. This is what he says in John 5, 19. Jesus gave him the, this answer. Very truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what, if, what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. He is submitting to his Father. He is submitting to his authority. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, he will show him even greater works than these. So that you will be amazed. We are destined to live as people who are amazed. As we walk and, and walk in tandem with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says we are one spirit with Christ. So in you, when you're born again, you are one with the Spirit of Christ in you. <clears throat> and when we walk in tandem with Him, it is amazing what starts to happen in and through our lives. When you're collaborating and being guided by the Holy Spirit. And all of us, I suggest, including myself, that we would go on a journey this year to see what it means to be guided and to be, be, be led by the Holy Spirit in another level. Maybe another level that you haven't seen and experienced in your life before. Amen? So powerful. So powerful. Matthew 26. Jesus is having a meal with his friends, with his disciples, before he dies the next day. It's called the Lord's Supper. And, um, and this is what he says. He says, while they were eating, he says, I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sad. And they began to say to him, one after the other, surely not I, Lord. And you see that John, surely not I, Lord, Luke, surely not I, Lord. Everybody says, surely not I, Lord. And then we come to the last person, <clears throat> number 12. And it says, he says, surely not I, Rabbi. It says, verse 25, then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely not I, Rabbi. The other 11 disciples who had followed Jesus, they had seen him. This is the Son of God. He has got full authority. We know who he is. 
but not everybody had that revelation. Judas did not have the revelation. And one day, a rabbi, I could follow his teachings, and when I don't lie him, uh, don't, when, don't, when I don't like his teaching, I'll walk away and I'll betray him for 30 pieces of silver, and he will go to the cross and die. And that's exactly what happened. And after that, he feels so bad about himself. Revelation comes, so he kills himself, hangs himself. It's amazing, isn't it? Who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus a rabbi for you, a teacher? Is Jesus a savior? Is Jesus Lord? What is Jesus for you? Now, 2 Corinthians 3 is interesting, but it says here, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I was talking about the whole thing of new covenant, you know, when you don't see in the spirit, when you come born again, you actually open, eyes are opened and suddenly you see the stuff of the spirit, you see who Christ is. When anyone turns to the Lord by faith, you get born again and you see, right? The thing is now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, see everywhere we say Lord, we so quickly go over Lord because it's the name of Jesus, it's like Lord, you know? like your dog's got a name Lord and you've got a name Peter, it says Lord. But you don't often have the weight of that word Lord. Here we see the weight and we all with the unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. It is amazing what happens when we make him Lord. It's amazing what happens here. See where the Spirit of the Lord is Lord there is freedom. Now something very interesting is going on here because Paul actually talks about the Holy Spirit as Lord, not Jesus as Lord right here. He talks about the Holy Spirit as Lord. And what he means like this is to say when the Holy Spirit is guiding, ruling, speaking, convincing us of truth in our lives, there is freedom. And this is the core of my message today. There is freedom. Jesus wants to be Lord of your life and he does it through the Holy Spirit who is Lord inside of you. Amen? Amen. 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 Look, it's beautiful how the Passion Translation says this. Look at this. Verse 16. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord, look at this. The Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. Now that's pretty powerful. Wherever he is Lord... There is freedom. I always thought you come to church, you come into the Holy Spirit. Yay, it's freedom. And I look into people's lives. You're a Christian, you're born again, maybe even spirit-filled, and I don't see any freedom. How does this work? But how it works is where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where He is Lord, there is freedom. Now this is amazing, isn't it? It's just Amazing. I see how excited you are. I mean, la, I mean last, week, la, last, last, last week I was standing on here, and many of you were standing on the, on the seats because we were so excited about God, you know. And, this, and, and then Johnny Clark started to play this little, little African. I don't know where he is right now today, but and the thing is, though, he was, like, he was like playing this little thing, you know. It's just amazing, amazing how God is so good. God is so good. But you've got to show your freedom even in Christchurch, even if you're English. Or Dutch, or South African. If you're black, it's no problem, is there? Mario, it's like, there's freedom. I'm a living freedom, freedom might. I'm just awesome. But some of us white people, we sometimes struggle with freedom. I don't know what it is. 
but it's sometimes a little bit hard in our lives. Where the Lord is freedom, there is freedom. So you can be a Christian, fully alive in God, and have no freedom because you're not submitted to the thing. You're actually in control, he's not. You're actually Lord, he is not. Now I suggest when we make him Lord over our lives, when we take, well, you actually are the one in control, you're the one I serve, actually what's happening is freedom comes to our lives. Sometimes we think, yeah, we've got somebody lording over us. Rubbish! That is what we make about it. That's a, that's, a, that's a wrong way of looking at Lord. Lord is everything God has ever done because He is our lover. He is our lover before He is our Lord. I tell you, if He is not, is he, if, when he is, if he is not your lover before He is your Lord, then Lordship can be a kind of a performance thing. I've got to be better at this. I've got to work at this, whatever. No, but if, you are, if He's your lover, then Lord is no problem at all. Because you know you're in love. You know he loves you. You know he wants the best for you. And he knows so much more than you do. Why on earth would we not submit to him? That's my question. Why on earth would we not submit to him? So I suggest let go and let God. Amen? I think we've got too many control freaks in the church. Yeah? And when you're pointing at somebody else, there's three fingers pointing to you, right? Come on, I'm just a control freak too, you know. My wife, even worse. I mean, better, you know. I mean, come on. I'm going to wear this one. <clears throat> no goodies for me. The thing is, though, it's serious. It's so amazing. It says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all the other things will be added on to you. When Jesus is first, when we seek his kingdom first, when he's the king of your life, then all these things are added to you in a way sometimes you haven't even seen before. Now, I want to make it very practical as I finish. Soon. Is that um, for, me, for me personally, I've been on a bit of a journey the last couple of months. And particularly when I started preaching about and had a revelation really with Brian Simmons in, in Israel. And the whole understanding of... of, of um, of communion and, and communion with him and his love for me. And I've been, I was being wrecked by, by what he's been teaching and, and my own revelation of God's love in my life. I said, what does it mean to have Jesus as Lord in my life? What does it mean to put him first in my life? Now, there's many things we can talk about. I'm just giving you a testimony of, of, of my stuff in my own. I said, Lord, what does it look like for me to, to, to have you first in my life? Now, for one, for me, is, is my love and affection for him is number one. That my love and affection for him is non-negotiable. It is the most important. Before my family, before the church, even before a little new little pussycat. A little new pussycat. Pussycat. Cute little thing. Lovely little thing. My love for him is non-negotiable. It is the first thing in my life. And throughout the day, every day, I want to just come to him and just show my affection to him. Because I walk with him. He lifts me. He walks with me and he talks with me. That's for the over 50 plus people. You know, he walks with me. He talks with me. But he is like this always there. But this is love always pulsating through my heart. Now, one of the things how I express this in my life is I, and I told you this, and I want to commend it to you. I want to invite you into it is I have communion every day, every morning, without fail. And the reason why I have it is not because communion is so powerful, but also because I want to align myself with heaven when I start my day. When I start my day, I say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I come under your love, your lordship, 
your guidance today. And you know, I have seen in my life, and I hope my family are the witness of that, is that I have seen a shift in my life. When I put him first, it's amazing what happens in that day. I'm not even talking about Ephesians 6. When you go into the day, when you go into the, the battle, it's put on your armor first, Ephesians 6. How, some people say, yeah, but I'll do it in the evening. I said, well, you already fought the battle during the day. Why would you put your armor on at night? You're going to sleep. Put on your armor. But all the armor, we'll talk about some other days, all the armor of God in Ephesians is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You put on Jesus. So when I honor him, I put on Jesus and I celebrate my first meal of the day. My first meal is always with him. Isn't that cool? I think it's cool. Anyway, it really changed my life. I can just recommend it to you. First day. Also first day, my decisions, particularly major decisions. Now, don't be freaked out like, you know, like, like controlling. It's like every, every time somebody says, do I ask for a new car? What car? This car? Can I have this one? That, that, that's the, God has a lot of freedom for us. But he lives in us. We walk with us. He gives us the unction. There's a yielding there. So don't worry about these things. It's not, it's not a works thing. But it is a yielding thing. It is something that says, Lord, what is this? What about this? Lord, give me some insight. What about this? What about... It's amazing what he does. Even when I speak here and stuff, I can't, sometimes amaze what comes out of my mouth here. My wife is even more amazed what comes out of my mouth. And we all are. Not only all are. <laughs> Jeremy doesn't. He thinks I'm awesome. <laughs> you know? The thing is, though, decisions. Lord, you are first in my life. Finance. Oh, here we go again. Finance is one of the hardest things in our lives. Oh, how we love to control finance. Many of us, Jesus is not in control at all. And Lord, at all, because we want to be Lord over our finance. We want to be control in our finance. Now, I want to suggest to you that you let go. And the reason why is because he is an awful lot better than we are at figuring it all out. I'd rather live by his principles and the way he set things up than do it my own little puny way and kind of don't do very well. And I go by this thing in Proverbs 3, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your income. Then your barns will be full and your vats will overflow with new wine. I want to have new wine. I want to be living an overflowing life. And I love what you said, Jeremy, beforehand. We used to be, you know, we've been tithing forever. Since the beginning of our lives, 10% is for the church. That's how Jesus runs his church. It is an honor to him. And, and it was a principle. And for many years for me, it was just a principle. Above that, I gave to missions and all kinds. I'm just very, very, very general. We just give everywhere, right? The thing is, though, that the 10% was really, you know, but of last couple of years, or particularly last year, I have come to see that it's actually, it's his honor. It's actually an act of worship. For me, it's become an act of worship. I said, man, the first thing is yours. You are first in my life. Now, the amazing thing, what I found, though, is that and he blesses me in ways I've never been able. You should see what happened to us last year. I can't give you all the details. It's unbelievable. And there's so many testimonies in our church of God doing unbelievable when we live under his lordship. When we say, Jesus, you are first even in our money. And I am not going to say, not say that in this church. And money again, you know. No, it's not about money again, you know. It's about your freedom. I want you to prosper and do well. And if we lived according to his principles, you will prosper more than when you keep control of your own life and trying to figure out yourself because you can't anyway. Give it up. That was a good word, I thought. Give it up. First in my finance, first in my thought life. Now, this is hard because thought life is hard. I talked about it before. It says in 2 Corinthians, maybe the band can come up. 2 Corinthians 10, 15. It talks about the whole thing of, um, of, of taking captive those thoughts and make them obedience to Christ. 
He is first in my thought life. See, some thoughts are coming into our lives and they're not kingdom. Many of our thoughts are not kingdom. And I suggest that we learn even this year, what does it mean to live in the kingdom? What does it mean to have kingdom thoughts? And it's all about the word of God. That's why I love communion because men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from him, he is the bread of life. So every time I take communion, I take his bread, I take his words and his words become more my, my words. The mind of Christ becomes more my mind and I start to think like him and then, and then I, get, I get like him. Not only become like him, I get what he says. And I love this in my life. <clears throat> you know, the foundation of this still, of this thing is still this. That he has captured my heart. He has ravished my heart. Has he ravished your heart? I want to do anything for him. I would, like you say, I would die for him. Because to die is actually gain, like Paul says. He says, I want to be with you, Jesus, but for now I've got to do stuff in my life. That's the wonderful thing about our Christian life. Our eternity, our spirit will just keep going right into glory. Bang. It's just amazing. But the thing is, though, he captured my heart. You know, in Song of Songs, this beautiful thing, Song of Solomon, number four, uh, four verse nine. You, that's he speaking to us as his bride. He says to us, um, this one, you have captured my heart, my treasure and my bride. So Jesus speaks over you and I. You, Janelle, you, Frank, Robert, Julie, you have captured my heart. You are my treasure. You are my bride. But you know what happens when he speaks that over you? You say it back. Oh, Lord, but you have captured my heart. You are my treasure. You are my bridegroom. It is so, so beautiful what he says over us. And you know, for Jesus to be Lord is not easy. It's not hard. It's easy when He first is your lover. First, He is your lover. He is your lover. So we want to flourish. Amen? We want to be flourishing this year as tall trees planted in the soil of God, planted in the love of God, number one, but also planted in the Lordship of Christ, Number two, to put him first in our lives. He is king. Now I want to say something to you about this. We've had a lot of teaching on grace and about, uh, about um, you know, he, he's my brother. He's my equal, the bride thing. You know, he's, he's, he's altogether lovely. He is my savior. He's my father. I'm a son, a daughter. All this beautiful language. But I want you, sometimes we can also miss the point that he is the king of glory. Sometimes we can miss the point that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes, he may live here by his Holy Spirit. Jesus is not here. The Father is not here. Yes, through his Holy Spirit you have access to him. They're in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is right here. Right? That's theologically sound. Right? And the, Yeah. I'm glad you, yeah, Jeremy, that you agree with us. It's beautiful. But he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is. He's also other than. He is seated mightily. In the heavens, in the earth, he gave his life and his name is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on. He is also the king of glory, the king of kings. He is both at the same time. And he knows 
what goes on in your life. He goes on with goes our church. So we need to keep surrendering our church to him too. So Lord, this is your church. It's your church anyway. But keep saying it, saying, Lord, it's not my church. I'm not going to control this church. And if I do, it goes wrong. Right? He wants to be in control of his church. It says in Peter, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. And as we come to the communion table, you know what it's called? The table of the Lord. Not the table of the Savior. Not the table of our Father. It is. It's the table of the Lord. It is the Lord's Supper. He is Lord. Let's go on a journey even today if you've got to do some business with God in this area for Him to set Him apart in your heart as Lord. We take the elements, the bread, and He's the bread of life. We talked about this. And you should take the bread. And we thank you, Lord, that you gave your life. This wonderful exchange. You gave your perfect life to me and I give my, my life to you. And this exchange happens and He makes your life beautiful. We eat from Him. We eat sustenance from Him. And the juice represents the new covenant in His blood. It's a new covenant where Jesus reigns. When He suffered and died, but He rose again mightily. Spectacle above every authority. He made them a laughing stock. Remember, we'll go with us sometime. It's amazing how great He is. And you take and you say, thank you, Lord, that I'm in your kingdom. I'm under your covenant as your son and your daughter. And I live this way. And I want you to be my life in every way in this way. Amen? Come on, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for everything you've given to us. Thank you for giving your son that he would go to a cruel cross and die. This is the king of glory. He laid down his glory for a moment and became one of us that he would take the sin of the world upon himself and would die and go to a grave and go to hell. But then he picked up some keys. He picked up the keys of glory, the keys of authority, the keys of the kingdom. And he came out gloriously, powerfully, as the king of glory, the ruling monarch of the universe right now. And so, Lord, we bless you as you are king. And today, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. We surrender, Lord, to you. We give you our hearts more, most importantly. We know that you want best for me. Lord, we pray that you lead us and that you guide us into truth. Today, Lord, we make you Lord of our lives. We put you first in every part because you are the King of my heart. The King of my heart.